Yes, you have. You have. And we've arrived Thanks. again for Thanks. John what is our 20th year together. Not on the show. Otherwise, we would have the biggest blowout in the history of anniversary blowouts. But this is not the 20th anniversary of the Joe Beaver Show. If we are still together a year from now, that will begin our 20th year on the Joe Beaver Show. But this is our 20th year together doing shows on 1240 Joe Radio. Sports Drive 0203 was our first three hours, three to six, Monday through Friday, back in the summer of 2002 when we came on the air in early July and carried three hours, three to six for Sports Drive. I doubt whether there's anyone in our midst who even remembers those days, but we did do three hours, three to six, back beginning in July of 2002. So this is our 20th year together, beginning a 20th year doing shows here on this frequency. Next year would mark the 20th anniversary of the Joe Beaver Show proper. Either way, it's good to see you again, You too, Doc. and I we have not seen much of each other at all. Talked this, here and there. This we, summer. Yeah. You know, speaking of years, so 19 Joe Beaver Show years, 19 Joe mm-hmm. Beaver Shows, this is 20, 20 programs starting mm-hmm. with Sports Drive. I take it all, connect it all to football, which is just around the corner, and I was just kind of, wow, has it really? Yeah. Fourth year for Jonathan Smith. And then a couple weeks later, and I was looking, reading something, fourth year for Chip Kelly at UCLA. <laughs> that one blows me away. I just, just it has gone by in a flash. And I would think, hmm, fourth year, the expectations must be pretty high down there in Westwood. Mm-hmm. Now, I like the upward trend of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that as the show moves along throughout the year. But... I was just blown away by, wow, I can't believe it's been three now. Now, I do not know who our first caller is, but we have someone already, and we'll go ahead and take it. We will have open phones and an open text line. It's great to have you all back. It's good to be back with you. If you'd like to join us, uh, the number to call is 497-5356, That is our phone line. It is also our text line and doctor just in terms yes. of getting the proper verbiage out in terms of sponsorship for both what do we got here university in- honda text line and the downward dog phone line same thing then. yeah downward dog phone line 541-497-5356 thank you downward dog and thanks to university honda for sponsoring the text line again so if you have any contributions to make uh, if you care to Offer a welcome back, or well, I knew this day was coming. <laughs> whatever, whatever tone you want to set. Let's see what you guys do now. Four nine seven five three five six. It's good to be back after a true summer hiatus from this show, which we did not take last year. We normally do, and that'll be a trivia question. What was the show, and what was significant about it? There's actually several things. There were the Joe Show. Mm-hmm. So that we could get away from all beaver stuff because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything going on. And we moved the time slot from noon to 2 to 11 to 1. To 10 to 12 for the Joe Show, if you recall. Was the it Joe Show was 10 to 12. Then when we returned. Oh, now I forgot about that. Yeah, when we were. So you're right. There's a lot of things about a year ago that were very, very yeah. strange. And yeah. I'm just glad that there isn't. That we're all back to normal in all things now. But <laughs> we yeah, right. here, week 76 we are in. And part of uh, what we did last year was stay on the air. There was talk of shutting everything down, and I remember you, uh, 
uh, me, Josh Warden, we all got together and said, no, no, I don't think we, even though there's no sports per se right now, let's right. do not shut down. Let's stay on the air because we felt that. And we're going to go to Doug in just a second on the Downward Dog phone line. It was our belief that it was almost a public service in a sense of sorts right. to stay on the air. And we talked, we branched out from sports stuff and did a lot of uh, talk to businesses, talk to nonprofits, talk to charitable organizations in the community that were continuing their work and tried to get those messages out. Yep. We stayed on the air. It also gave, I thought, a degree of what normal might feel and sound like to turn on the radio after 17, exactly. 18 years. And, okay, well, this show's still on. And these guys, whether you like us or not, you know us. There's a familiarity mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the whole rhythm of the show. So we stayed on the air. But at the end of that long run, when June hit and the Beavers were done in the Fort Worth Regional, we took a break. Now, it wasn't as you know, for me, it's a break from the Joe Beaver show, a yeah. hiatus from yeah. this. I had a wonderful time again with the Knights this summer. I didn't travel much. I think I ended up only doing six or seven road games. Yeah. But got to be around the team, called 42 games, got to be around the team all summer again and watch them just this past uh, Friday night win their fifth consecutive West Coast League championship yeah. with future Beavers on the roster, Beavers around the West Coast League. So we'll be touching today just to by way of giving you the guest lineup. This first hour is wide open. Yeah. Then in the second hour, the skipper, Brooke Knight, since that's sort of top of mind and the latest in our local world. Brooke, to talk about the fifth straight championship, the future Beavers on the roster, since indeed we are now in the Joe Beaver show for the 19th year. Then at 12.30, associate head coach for the gymnastics team and one of the highlights since we've been away, without mm -hmm. question, for mm -hmm. me, I hope for you, for Beaver Nation, Jade Carey yeah. coming into Oregon State with a gold medal winning performance in the floor in Tokyo. We'll talk to Michael yeah. about her whole story and how how excited everyone is that finally, you know, this fall, yeah. she comes in and we'll get to see her compete here. That's like getting even better than a five-star recruit. Yes. It really is. And yeah. UCLA seems to always have the, the gold medalists from the Olympics or Olympians. And now Oregon State can lay claim to an Olympic gold medalist and on floor. I was talking to Dougie. We were still doing our morning show and all of that as time mm -hmm. goes by. And we both just said instantly that will increase home attendance. Yes. Instantly because of that, that routine right there. So open phones this first hour as we're... Uh, Thankful to be back with you for a 19th year and a 20th together. Doug has been a frequent texter. In fact, he's been texting even when the Joe Beaver Show has not been running. Dear Joe Beaver Show, he's been writing yeah, and sending us some of his thoughts. And we get to hear from Doug, the first one out of the shoot. I hope that Paul and others who have been frequent contributors and callers and Dave, whose Orioles are in absolute misery mm. with 18 consecutive defeats. Adley's a triple-A, though. I know. But, you know, the problem is, Adley, you bring Adley up, do you win 18 straight? Not necessarily. No, no. <laughs> but, but he's going, I just, 
I hope he doesn't get lost in an organization that's in just complete futility. Dave, are there any signs of brightness on the horizon? Is Adley part of any kind? I haven't studied their farm system enough to know are there guys that are going to help turn this thing around? I do know that after their 21 games in 88, their 21-game losing streak the following year, Frank, so these things get them in contention the following year. So these things can happen. Sure. Are the Orioles in any wise position, Dave? And what are your thoughts about Adley and his progression towards the major leagues? And for everyone else, you know, we're naming some specific callers whom we hear from often throughout these shows through the years. But we'd love to hear from any of you in open phones and open texts about the past couple of months, the summer, the things that have happened in sports, the collegiate football landscape, the Beaver football ramp up to September 4th at Purdue. Anything you'd like to share with us, we're, we're here. And that's what uh, we're here for, to hear you out, your thoughts on Oregon State stuff, and whatever else may be on your mind in the world of sports. We have open phones at 497-5356. The University Honda text line is the same number, 541 497 Five three five six. Brooke Knight and Michael Chaplin next hour. Open phones and texts this hour as we jump back into the Joe Beaver Show for 2021 and 2022. And Doug is first up. Doug, thank you for the call. Thanks for the correspondence during the hiatus. Doug, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, well thank you very much for letting me be the first call, caller for the new year. I can't wait for football. I'm ready for some football. Yes. First thing, I, I do want to ask a question. On Wednesday night, is that radio show at Spirit Mountain still on? Yes, it is. And we'll, I'm glad you brought that up, Doug. We'll be at uh, the uh, sports uh, the the, uh, the sports bar at Spirit Mountain Casino, uh, 6 to 7 o'clock this Wednesday night. And you're invited. And I hope and some of our listeners who have been there in years past it's open to the public, and we'll be there from 6 to 7 uh, Wednesday night at Spirit Mountain Casino. Right. I, I called in about this time last week and got your new uh, program manager, the, the guy that kind of runs the show. He's a new guy, and he told me that I'd called a week early. <laughs> but, uh, I'm glad you're up and going now. Yeah, we'll talk to that uh, kid you're referring to, the young man, T.J. Christie Mathewson, we call him. His last name is Mathewson. We'll call him Christie from time to time. But T.J. Mathewson has essentially taken the Josh Warden role. Josh is still going to be around in the community, did a tremendous job calling Ridgefield Raptors games this summer in the West Coast League. We'll still be doing a lot of Oregon State events on live streams. So we'll talk to Josh from time to time as well. But T.J. is taking the bulk of that work, and he's a graduate recently of Arizona State University. We'll get his story a little bit later and introduce him to the show. It's, it's great. It's great to have you guys back on. <clears throat> I do have a question about just getting into the football games. I, I guess you have to wear a mask. You got to wear inside. Yeah. Now. You got to wear a mask, and you have to be vaccinated. And if you're not, you have to show a um, within three days. Within three days, negative. a negative test, a specific test that's negative within three days. You know, I've been vaccinated twice. With, with, if I had a Xerox copy of my little card, would that be good enough? Yes. In fact, you could even have a... Out or something? No. In fact, Doug, you could even have a picture of that on your phone and show them. 
the car. Have the, to have a picture on the phone. Well, no, 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 no. It's okay, another well. option. It's another option. If you have a card, that if you have a card, Doug, you can, you'll be uh, with proof of vaccination. That card is sufficient. All John is saying for other listeners and for people with you know, use who use cell phones regularly with all so much information on them that a photograph on your phone of your proof of vaccination card is also sufficient for entry into the stadium. Yeah, well, my card as well, you know, is filed away because it's kind of just a piece of paper. Yes. I just, I hope all these restrictions don't hurt the game day ticket sales because, you know, it's just we're, all these barriers make it harder for people to go to football games. It's true. I, I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope so, too. I, it's difficult to think that it wouldn't have some effect on the overall gate. But on the other hand, Doug, as you said, how excited you are to get, you know, you're ready for some football. I think that readiness for football and the desire to get back out to football games, I hope will sort of supersede and override some of the things that have happened here in the last few weeks that have led to to some of the uh, policies that have been put in place, both here and down the road, the first two schools, and John, I haven't seen anything else yet, but the first two Power Five schools yeah. to implement such policies. Yep. Do you know if the Pac-12 is going to have a general policy for everybody, or do you know that? I do yeah. not know that. We we George, George Klyovkov is going to be the new commissioner, as you know, Doug. George is going to be making a visit to uh, Corvallis and Oregon State for our game with Hawaii, and he's going to spend three days here, September wow. 9th the 10th, and then go to the game on the 11th. So along the way, we have already requested on his agenda an appearance, a first-ever appearance on the Joe Beaver Show. We're hopeful for that. We'll get him. But I like, and Scott Barnes has told me he's really impressed with George and likes what George is saying and doing in these early days. And the very fact that he's going to come in and spend three days here, that might be three more than uh, his predecessor. (laughs) You, you right. Uh, you mean he actually might drive over to your studio and be in person? <laughs> Probably not. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying that he's going to spend some quality time like that at all twelve institutions to get a feel for for whom he's working. And so I just I like that out of the gate. What I'm hearing about George Klyovkov, Doug, and so. Whether he will have uh, articulated a full policy for the Pac-12 by then, I don't know. But, but as of now, the Pac-12 does not have a policy that covers all institutions with respect to some of the policies uh, to enter games. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you guys back. I'll be I'll be listening to you every every day, most most every day. Thank and, you, Doug. Uh, we love having you back. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, great, Doug. To, great to hear your voice again. Thanks for the contribution, as always. Let's go to Jeff in Corvallis on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys, and welcome back. Thank you. I uh, just wanted to say how much I, I wanted to uh, say that I appreciate the timely, timeliness of your return. Uh, during your introduction, the new introduction to the show, uh, I was pulling out of my driveway and I'm now just going through Albany, but I'm on my way to West Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> Good for you. And my road trip's going to end at the Beaver game. going to see family on the way, stopping to see a Minnesota Twins game, so we'll see Trevor Larnick. Going to catch a Cubs game. Unfortunately, won't get to see Nick play. 
but uh, there's a lot of driving ahead for me until we get to West, until I get to West Lafayette, and uh, so appreciate you guys back, so I can can listen to you every day, most of those days without any interruption across Montana, North Dakota, etc. Good for you, Jeff. So, what and, a trip! Uh, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to catching the show after I'm back. But uh, also wanted to uh, say for people that are fans of the Corvallis Knights, just a tip for next year, when you buy your seats, you're going to have to lay out probably 12 bucks. but get your seat in the top row below the press box on the first base side, and you're sitting within about 10 feet of Mike, and you can watch the game and listen to him broadcast it. <laughs> it was a ton of fun. So, anyway, Thank you, Jeff. Great that you guys are back. Looking forward to hearing for you, from you for the duration. Hey, Jeff, uh, I don't know when you're going to get to Wrigley. It sounds like you got some days ahead of you before you get to Wrigley. But did you know that Wayne Tinkle was throwing out the ceremonial first pitch at Wrigley this Wednesday? Oh, I did not. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll miss him. Okay. It'll, it'll be Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. It'll be Thursday of next week. Uh, meeting up a fraternity brother that's in southern Wisconsin. We're going to drive down from there, pick up uh, two other fraternity brothers that are flying out, one from Medford, one from Portland. Uh, going to get them at O'Hare, then go to the Cubs game that night. So uh, I don't suppose it will be televised here, but if it was, we'll see more guys with beaver gear on uh, at, the, at the Cubs game. So, that is, uh, that's really uh, cool. Anyway, Jeff? Yeah, but a, that's a road trip of a lifetime. Well, I was right going to say too. I was going to say too, Jeff, that you talk about you know all these picking up your fraternity brothers. Just in my own mind, for me, that would be like, okay, that's going to be trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can. Uh, you know, the trouble is, is when we get together, we all think that we're somewhere between seventeen and twenty-two. That's again. my point. But, uh, <laughs> Fortunately, the feeling doesn't last very long when you're 70 years old. It, <laughs> that stops at about 8:30 at night. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did this trip. I I did this trip two years ago, and uh, but I was gone 31 days instead of 17, and uh, caught a lot of baseball. Got family in Minnesota, Wisconsin. Went to another family reunion in Maine. So, but uh, yeah, I'd like to catch a lot of baseball and. Uh, this coming spring, I'll be in Omaha, right? Yeah, let, let's plan on it. I like the looks of the club, and some of the guys will talk to Brooke Knight about some of the players that are coming in to make contributions to Beaver Baseball next spring. Jeff, we'd love to hear from you again. I hope you won't be a stranger in terms of this trip, even when you when you see Larnick, when you see the Cubs, when you if you don't you know, give us a call if you're listening to the show and we throw out the number, give us a call. We'd love to hear how the journey is going and hope to see you in West Lafayette on September third, the night before and and then at the game itself, a full day ahead on the fourth. Uh, you betcha, I'd be glad to do it. In fact, if uh, I'll be on my way back on Sunday after the game, and uh, on Monday morning, if we win, I'll try to be your very first call. That'd be great. We'd if, love it. If, 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 the, if the outcome is disappointing, I may not call right I, away. I'll be licking my wounds. I understand. It's a big game, uh, as you know. I mean, Yogi Roth, <laughs> Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network has called it a seminal moment for the program. I mean, he's putting a lot on 
the import the importance of winning that game on the fourth. Purdue is looking at it the same way. When I read their literature, they're talking about well, with this schedule, we can get out to four and one, and that's a little bit how and and the one ain't to the Beavers. I mean, they're talking about oh yeah, well they'll win that yeah. and then they'll win this. Purdue, Johnny, have they been installed as a yeah, touchdown I, favorite? Seven, so a seven-point favorite. Yeah. So, I mean, both. This is a huge game for both programs. There's a lot of pressure on Jeff Brom back in West Lafayette. So it's big for both teams, and I think it's going to be a good football game. Hey, Jeff, thank you for getting us rolling Hi. here on the on the road. Stay in touch with us. We'd appreciate it. Well done. Take care. Okay, thank you. Safe travels. Let's take a break on that note, Doc. Open phones and texts if you have anything you'd like to share as we return for a 19th year of the Joe Beaver Show, a 20th year together doing uh, whatever it is this thing is. The sports drive, one year to the Joe Beaver Show, the following. Uh, It's been a, a real pleasure to be part of your day every day all these years, and we appreciate the contributions you make either to the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356, or the University Honda text line at the same number. Mike Parker with John Warren will meet uh, the other member of this year's team, T.J. Christie Mathewson, uh, the celebrant, a little bit later, right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, this is Dave from Tumwater. UBC Press has just published my new book, Captain Cook Rediscovered, Voyaging to Back to the Joe Beaver Show. If you can hear me, John got it right this time. Let's give him a hand. Little nostalgia. Mr. Page, show. great voice. Opens, by the way, that go way back. That uh, The opens have kind of a historic... It kind of has evolved that way a little bit, where this year's open captures a little bit of the world we're living in now and the world we've been in and still in and that was kind of the idea and other we had the eclipse theme from four years ago right right i mean if you listen to each open there are excerpts in there little things in there that are cues to the time right to the times like you've got the what's the the, who's the character who says uh give me a book i need a book yeah i where may i study the you know rick neuheisel had had talked about he wasn't aware of certain of these rules i'm not familiar with the rules where can i purchase a book an astute listener that goes way back and a knowledgeable person about pac-12 history would know that and we have references along the way to tell me tell how it's going to be visions of pac (laughs) 10 glory. That's right. So we're pre Pac-12 with some of the <laughs> historical opens. And I love the the uh, the Eclipse one. Um, and the one that we may have to, we got a stadium, we got a college, you know, we can't afford both. <laughs> it's Tomorrow the one we, we can't to, find. No, but we may have to just find a place to put Groucho's bite from yeah. horse feathers in there. In the meantime, open phones at 497-50. That was DeCarolis' favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there are some people who think that yeah, it's not far from the truth, right. but it's not true. It's you know, I know there's an age-old conflict. I get that, mm-hmm. but the two, and I like the the mission of completing Research Stadium. I know not everybody does from, and I've read the letters and the editorials and so on. I get that. I yeah, understand yeah. that it's, there's it's a been going it's on an everlasting years. conflict. When was that that soundbite made? 
When was that movie? Oh, the movie was made in 1932. Well, it's, Horse it feathers. goes back that far. No, it does. Four nine seven five three five six. If you care to join us on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, open phones for the hour. Brooke Knight and Michael Chaplin as guests next hour. And would love to hear from you about some of your highlights over the last couple of months and what you've been following and what uh, what has grabbed your attention. What have you been intrigued by? Realignment talk, poaching by the SEC. What does it mean for the Beavers in their long-term future? What do you make of an alliance between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12? All well, of these so things. much going on. I mean, the, the name, image, and likeness stuff. Oh. It didn't really... At least for me, I haven't seen an explosion of, of deals being there, announced. No, I mean, there a, are some. There's a few stories of some yeah. athletes making a lot of money. There was athletes that already had monetized stuff ready to go on right. Instagram. And as soon as the ruling made, boom, they started yeah. making money. But but it's not been... I thought we were almost expecting left and right for billboards to be popping yeah. up and down Highway 34 or 20 or wherever. And, and, that and may all, still happen. It may but I'm just saying there's a slow build into it, and there's more to it. It's not just a simple matter. Hey, you, I can profit on it. Okay, I'll have my name on a T-shirt right. and be in right. business the next day. I mean, it doesn't feel quite like it that. It doesn't, but all of this happened when there were no seasons going. That's true. This is the first football season, and football is the big machine. So as we have opportunity to go over there, and as more weeks go by, we may, like you say, see some T-shirts yeah, and things like it's that. It's possible. We have Paul and Paul. Let's go to Paul Blackburn up first, who I saw at almost every night's home game this summer. Paul Rents was at a lot of games, too, and he may be hanging up the camera. We're going to talk to Paul about it here in a moment, but let's go hmm. to the other Paul first. Paul, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, it's good to hear you guys. You know, on a personal note here, I'm in the yard raking the moss out of my lawn, and an ambulance activated his siren like 20 feet away from me, like it scared me half to death. Wow. I'm glad you survived it. That can be a frightening experience. Well, if you'd have dropped, at least the ambulance was there. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, hey, it was a great summer. It was a... I can tell you that I met no fewer than probably five or six of the players' families up there in the stands that, mm-hmm. that you know came to various games and you know new friends and everything, and it was really a a fun summer. I noticed that, Paul. I don't know if you've done that in previous summers as much, but I noticed you on the field after games more while the kids are running around the bases. It's a really festive atmosphere after night's games when the kids are running the bases, the players are interacting with family and friends and, and the community. A little, It has that feel a little bit of the, the mingle after women's basketball games, but in this case, in the great outdoors, it's really a fun atmosphere, and as I was you know, kind of wrapping up my broadcast and closing up and packing up my gear, I would see you on the field interacting with players and their families. Have you done that a lot in the past, or did you do more of it this summer? Wow, this is the first summer I did it, actually. Okay. Good. I'm glad and, you did. Uh, it's just a new experience, and it was just really, you're right, it reminds you of the mingle, Yep. Uh, you know, with the games, and in fact, when the cat tutor came up and you interviewed her, you know, mm-hmm. 
she actually remembered me from England. But, you know, I always went down and talked to her and stuff, so she actually knew who I was. Yeah, it was a fun moment to have Kat on the show. I was really surprised during the broadcast. Kat joined me, and we had a lot of people stop by during the course of the summer, which is always nice. But the, the night's broadcasts, have they're a little bit more casual than that every pitch serious and intensity that goes with a, a Beaver game. Uh, in the spring at Goss or at a regional where you feel like everything depends on the next pitch. The Knights uh, play at a very high level, and they're very competitive, but the summer broadcast in the field and being outdoors, it's a little bit more relaxed, and it affords those kinds of opportunities that we had with Cat. Yeah, and you guys are uh, pretty short timers fixing to go to West Lafayette. That's true. That's true, and the the one caller, Paul, who said he's already on his way, he's got plenty of time. He's going to make it a nice trip, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, I wish I wish I had the time and the money to do what he's doing. That, that yeah. sounds like a great trip. Yes, it and, does. Uh, when you get back there, Mike, you know, look at the Wabash for me. Say hi. I, I'm planning on it. I've never been on the banks of the Wabash far away, but I may get my opportunity. The Wabash does run run right through that town, correct? Exactly, okay. yeah. And it won't be the Wabash far away. It'll be the Wabash <laughs> close by. <laughs> I look forward to that, Paul. Thanks for the call and for all the help this summer. It was great to have you in uh, such close proximity and hope we'll do it again next year. All right. Thanks. Mike. Thank you, Paul. Now another Paul, Paul Rents. Paul, thanks for the call. Uh, and thank yeah. you for the text. I believe you informed me. It was kind of, it had to be kind of bittersweet on Friday night when the Knights wrapped up their fifth straight West coast league championship. Is it true that, that was. Do you believe that was your last game as a, as a photographer there and, and elsewhere? What's going on, Paul? Well, you know, I just I can't get on the field anymore, and so you know, I was watching the celebration from the stands is bittersweet. You mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, that stroke back in November has limited my mobility for sure. Mm-hmm. So. But I did want to, I don't know if Doug is still listening, but he was hoping to see Trevor Larnick, and yeah. he was sent down to AAA to get retuned. Uh, yeah, I saw, ago. we saw that, and that's disappointing. Uh, yeah. You know, and that was Jeff who was, Jeff was the caller who was making oh. that uh, cross-country okay. trip back to Indiana for yeah. the Beaver Home uh, Beaver opener on September 4th. But yes, that that was disappointing, and I've been watching Trevor's numbers kind of flow, and I, I don't know what yeah. he was hitting when he was finally sent down. He hit with some power, he did some good things, but I was a little concerned that that might happen, and apparently it did. Yeah, and from what I've read, you know, the Twins are not giving up on him. Oh no, I uh, hope not. They just want they want to see him get retuned and get back up. Okay, um, and. And the other thing on Adley, um, what I've read is the the, the you know, Baltimore team is just like, why bring him up now? They're not contending for anything. Right. Uh, he's doing well where he's at, and let's look at it next year. Um, so you don't even you know, think I, he's coming I, up in September? You don't think he's coming up in September then e- either, huh? 
doesn't look like it from what I'm reading. Okay. Uh, I'm on the Baltimore feed of their email thing. And to, to know this is coming from the Baltimore Orioles is really sad. I mean, they're just, you know, like, how bad can we get? You know, I mean, they're being very honest that this has been a brutal losing streak. And so they're they're looking at some pictures that are coming up. But, you know, a good receiver really makes a difference, as we know. You know, when we saw Adley receiving for the for the team, you know, in those championship, that championship game, what a tool he was behind the plate guiding those pitchers. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking forward, you know, to next year having him back there and really helping out his, the pitchers get on top of the game, but adding his bat also. So uh, I think they're going to wait. Hey, when you get uh, Brooke on, you got to ask him about his Australian feed line for baseball. He's had some interesting players come through that I'm sure he had a hand in getting them to the States. And, in fact, there was one, and I forget who it was now, Tillich was a pitcher, um, that uh, I asked him, I said, did you see him down there? He said, oh, yeah, I had him for a while. So he's he's been an interesting uh, feed line from Australia yes. to the states. He has, yeah. and 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 I, and I thought, and, and I think your question is a good one. When I asked Brooke about Travis Bazana specifically, who has a I think uh, a yeah. tremendous future for the Beavs as a middle infielder yeah. next spring, led set a West Coast yeah. League record hitting four twenty nine this summer. He yeah. did not. Bazana was not a guy that he necessarily promoted he knew of him but it wasn't yeah. as though he got on the phone with pat bailey or pat casey or anybody and said hey i've seen a guy i got a guy you ought to he said that the bizarre to oregon state thing was somewhat independent of him yeah yeah well it was fun seeing a very natalie dressed announcer at the game the other day. <laughs> i saw that picture <laughs> was there a, who who took did you post paul, a picture paul, paul took a picture and emailed it yeah. to me hey could you send it i'd like yeah. to see it myself because i as i said on the air and it required a, a little emendation after i said it but the day before yeah. i said well here's the shot i've got a you know here's this game i'm going to call this game but tomorrow josh warden will have the first yeah. few innings i'm doing i'm brought uh, the mc of the beaver 50 yard line dinner in parker plaza then I'll be wandering over as soon as the game's over, but wearing a suit or a coat and tie or whatever. Right, yeah. And I said on the air the night before, I don't think I've ever worn pants at, uh, <laughs> at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. The clarification yeah. then followed. I mean, I, I wear shorts. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I have not ever worn a pair of jeans or long pants in that ballpark until uh, for, for summer nights games. Uh, until yeah. this past uh, Friday night, and had the full yeah. suit on. I think it should be required. <laughs> Don't you it dare! Great. It looked great. Don't you dare! It looked great. Thanks for taking the photo, Paul. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see a copy of it for posterity's sake. Go, Paul, great yeah. to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for everything. And, and hope you're doing better. And you and, sound good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it. I go over to Fitness Over Fifty every day and work out over there and i've had a couple of uh physical therapist people helping me but you know it's it is what it is yeah. <laughs> paul is one of them my neighbor tyler lancaster is tyler one of the people who works with you uh 
Tyler's over there, and I see him, but I, I haven't okay. switched to, to him yet. He's a good I've man. Gone through two different offices, so okay. He's um, a good one. If you ever work with Tyler, motion right now, but good, good yeah. to hear from you. Thanks for the call, Paul. Uh, yeah. Keep that rehab okay. going. We'll mm-hmm. see you around at events. We appreciate it. We'll take a break on that note. Open phones. I think Carolyn Philomath, who greeted me as I got to the elevator for the scrimmage on Saturday, mm-hmm. Carol said, I'm glad you guys are coming back on the air. And she's texted us, and we'll hear, the from, rules. We'll hear Carol, and she, she'll be working. She works yeah. as a security person. And, and she'll Baseball, ha- she's down in the left field corner. And she was uh, guarding the elevator, making sure no interlopers tried to board and go up where good, they didn't belong. But she let me through. She let me through, Carol. I appreciate that. We'll take a break. If you'd like to join us, either the text line Brought to you by University Honda or the phone line presented by Downward Dog. The number is 541-497-5356. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show, where both Mike Parker and John Warren are not only experts in sports talk radio, but also the current state of social media. I need to post way more pictures of myself on Instagram. The world needs to see and here's the humble men themselves, Mike Parker and John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, a little nostalgia. Keep keep Josh's voice in there for a little bit. We uh, we went a little bit, you know, Grace, Grace, uh, down the hallway, and I'm not sure that TJ has heard. I was shouting out his name, Grace, Grace. I need a one-way flight to Phoenix to. <laughs> well. To- he, he should be listening to the show right now and hearing us yell down the hallway. Now, John, it's Carol and Philoma. So that text supersedes something or other. Blueberries. Come on in, TJ, and get that third mic going, the third man. Yeah, that's right. Okay. We'll get the third man on here. I need Anton Karras underneath it, though, to make me feel better, if you could find. I don't know who that is. Yeah. You, you haven't. It's you have not. not a soul on the planet has heard it. Yes, they have. I'm speaking to people now who know Anton Karras' The Third Man theme because they've no. seen the film. I've seen the film. Well, then you've heard Anton Karras' The Little Zither Music that plays throughout and virtually well, kind of transitioning from one not, scene to another. It did not, it did not make me. an impression on you? Not enough. Did the film? Yeah. Okay, it's good. Yeah, it really actually good. wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very good. And the last closing shot of the film is one of the best I've seen in cinematic history. There was, yeah, and there was a last, before we closed the up for the year last mm-hmm. May, boy, in April and May, Kim and I were watching old black and white right. westerns. And right. A lot of westerns, you said. Yeah. yeah. And just... You know some some stuff that you talk about, mm-hmm. and um, they were all very good. It's um, from here to eternity was one that we watched, yeah. and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about. I that like one. it. That was very good. Lancaster's good, Borgnine's uh-huh. good, Sinatra's uh-huh. good, Montgomery Clift is good, Donna Reed is. It good. It was the first time, and I've been watching, and I love Frank Sinatra, huge mm-hmm. fan. But it was the first time that I've ever seen him next to people where I noticed he's a really small guy. He was then, yeah. Really he small. He was very small, trim, and all of that yeah. in that film and in those early years. Yeah. But I know that's a classic. I oh, love it. 
Lancasters, if we're going to be any fighting, it's going to be with me. You know, I mean, <laughs> when, when he breaks up the fight between Borgnine and Sinatra, good stuff. Yeah, no, that was a very good film. It is a good film. The Third Man is a great film. T.J. Matthewson has a great name. You know, I mean, I as soon as you said, T.J., what's your last name? Matthewson. <laughs> I knew that we would be plying Christy Matthewson for all that uh, Christy is worth. That's the only famous name that I know, that I know of that can go with Matthewson. Now, T.J. Matthewson, is, uh, is in, uh, he's a new member of the team. He's already been working, gathering sound at football practices, putting together promos, and, and chasing down some things for us. T.J. Matthewson is part of the team now. T.J., it is uh, great to have you part of the Joe Beaver Show and part of our world here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and I'll get to Christy in a moment, but tell us just a little bit how you ended up at Oregon State hey, and guys. here. Well, yeah, thank, first of all, thanks for having me yeah. on. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, so I'm from Seattle, so I'm a Pacific Northwest guy. Uh, went to school down in the desert at ASU, as I'm sure you've heard Mike talk about briefly. Uh, I graduated from the Cronkite School of Journalism down there. And that's actually how I met John the first time down in Arizona, uh, down in Surprise. Did he approach you? Well, I actually saw I think he asked TJ me for lineups. And who was your partner? And Lyle, my friend Lyle, Lyle. And I met Lyle just this last trip to Washington when Kim and I drove up to do the games. Instead of doing them off of a TV screen, Lyle's up there. He's working. I didn't have the heart to tell him that, you know, I saw TJ and TJ might be coming down here. And uh, But no, these guys were in this booth and I thought, oh, there's some, some college kids or somebody. I didn't know what they were doing, but I needed some lineup question. I think, yeah. So I just dipped my head in and then we we talked a little bit what were you doing in surprise so we were just dry calling the game onto oh. a computer yeah so we were juniors at that point and how it works at cronkite when like calling games and such especially baseball it is very very competitive there's a lot of kids who like to do it and mostly just the seniors get to do it and we were all we were juniors then so it's like well how are we going to get extra reps in here so we we know you know, they play those early season tournaments for all the cold weather teams down in Arizona because every team has a big facility down there. Uh, and we reached out to the people in Surprise, and they were like, yep, come on. So the only bad thing is driving to Surprise. That is a, a hike. It's, it's essentially, it's almost yeah. like driving to Portland yeah. from here. Well, I've, it is, I've it made it far. one time. I've made the trip once. Phoenix to Surprise. And it is, it is. I mean, from for, my apartment in Tempe, it's 52 miles. Right. It's, but worth it, though, to get the reps. Oh, absolutely, Did you yeah. do more than, did you do quite we a few did, of the games? I think we did both weekends worth of games. Okay, good. Even like the, I remember the last, the last game we did, we got there, I think at seven in the morning, which required us to leave at like five. From Tempe, it's oh, that's nothing. You yeah. just gotta that's wow. breaking in your. I met a young I'm, I'm man. I'm twenty three. I'm twenty three. So. Twenty three years <laughs> so old. It's a little did hard. You, when did you graduate? Then? I graduated in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty, yes, like I did. Last June. Yes, I did. Okay. So I got a slideshow graduation. Yeah, well, oh, that's man. tough. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, to go from Ballard, a Ballard Beaver though. Ballard right? so Beaver, you've got yes. Your beaver in you. Yep. That's good to know. <laughs> Ballard High School in Seattle, down to Arizona State. Did you just want to get try something different, get out of the rainy Pacific Northwest? What led you to go to the Valley yeah, of the it, Sun? It took me until about, I think it was about halfway through senior, uh, I'd say start of senior year, at least when I was looking around. I realized, huh, 
you know, working in sports would be pretty cool. And, you know, I really did want to call games when I first got to school and what really helped kind of motivate me. I don't know if you guys have listened or read Al Michaels' book, um, but it was, uh, I remember we were going to tour Washington State. They have a, journal, a nice journalism school as well. Um, but we're listening to it on the way. He was a Sun Devil. So that was like, oh, man, that sounds awesome. So we went down there toward the school. I'm like, yep, this works for me. Good for it's you. Pretty good. Did you notice how he said he read Al Michaels' book and then we were listening to it on the way down? So you did both? I said I said listen or read to you guys. And then I said <laughs> we listened to it in the car, the six-hour car saying, ride to the Palouse. The whole idea of listening to an audio book. Yeah. I don't do much of that. I don't do that. I've either. done it here and there, but it's, it's there's, there's not much good... else to look at when you're driving to Pullman, so <laughs> you got to. This guy, uh... being from Seattle, the <laughs> other day when I was in Yakima calling the game from Yakima. No, no. Uh, it is Yakima. What do you say? It's Yakima. It's a Yakima, <laughs> okay. but go ahead. Anyway, calling the game from Yakima, and I was just you know, going over the local literature, probably you know, propagated by the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever the case, I said Yakima is known as the Palm Springs of Washington or whatever, uh, something along those lines. It was lines. that, yeah. Yeah, it was and, that. and during, and, and I hear the voice in my ear, not on the air, but in yeah. the, I've lived in Washington my whole life, and I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, and he said, "We don't think much of the, uh, you know." I mean, Yakima, once you go east of the mountains, it's like you're either going to Spokane, you're going to Washington State, or you're just going on a road trip. <laughs> See, now that's a little Seattle city snobbery. snobbery. Involved, right? yeah. yeah, but I was praising the Yakima and the surroundings, and and TJ that's did funny. not. Uh, so Pullman. I, see, now there, I would disagree. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I love the trip to Pullman. The rolling oh, hills and I the Palouse too. and all that. I mean, I think yeah. it's beautiful in a different kind of way. So I've been there once. So to maybe Pullman? maybe I need a maybe I need a more recent trip. I okay. went there I think it's probably six and a half years ago now when I was touring, right? So it was I think September of my senior year of high school. Well, you may have to go uh, to the football game up there. Yeah. This year, yeah. you know, go to the, see the Beavers and the Cougs in in Joe Martin. As long as Nick Rolovich gets back. Did I say Joe vaccinated. Martin? What is, it's I not think Joe. It is Joe. I think is it Joe Martin? I Martin. You know, I'm, I'm, I have the Corvallis Knights in my head, and I know it's Joe Martin Field in Bellingham, where the Bellingham oh, yeah. Bells play. Yeah. TJ, before we let you go, and and we appreciate and look forward to all the contributions, the practice reports, the raps, all of those things. What uh, what about your name? I'm sure okay. I'm not the first, even though I you know I love the old stuff with baseball, and I thought the Field of Dream games this summer oh, was a stroke of genius by great. MLB. And if you, if that's what you have, if what you have is sentiment sentimentality, nostalgia, then trade on it. If you can't, you know, there's a lot of things that Major League Baseball does have going for it in 2021, but perennially. The looking back to the old days is one of the things that baseball has traded on and should and find a way to monetize it, maximize it, and get more eyeballs on games. Yeah. That worked in that sense. T.J. Mathewson makes me think of Christy. Do you know anything mm -hmm. about Christy Mathewson? Yeah, so actually, I when I think it was in fourth grade, I, did, I, I realized that same thing, right? And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So I did, you know, a little class presentation about it showing off, but I didn't really understand, like, really the history of our last name. Mathewson is an adopted last name in my family. I think four generations back, it was adopted. 
So hmm. I might not be directly related to Christy Matthewson, but I believe uh, I'm not an expert on this. But we, um, I, I was talking to my parents about this, I think three weeks ago. Uh, we went to New York the week before I moved here and started here at uh, 1240. And um, we went to Ellis Island and we were looking at all of, you know, our family history and last names and people who emigrated here. And we were, we found Matthewson and then we found uh, the other last names in our family as well, which I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's an adopted last name. So I guess Christy Matthewson could technically be adopted family if he was direct tied to, wow. uh, I believe, four generations. The question back. is, has anybody other than Mike without prompt called you Christy Matthewson mm, or, or made the connection? Probably. I think so. Well, you, you, you may hear that from time to time from me, and I apologize for nothing. No, I do. I, I, I told him <laughs> that you make nicknames for everybody. Hey, I mean, it's he was pretty good. He so. was. You know, in fact, that song by, I don't know if, if, if you can find it, it would bless my heart. Dave Frischberg. Never Matt, heard of him. You were great, Maddie. The name of the song is Maddie, and it could be for your own son and for Christy Matthewson and for T.J. Matthewson, who may also be called Maddie from time to time. T.J., whatever the K, whatever we call you, we appreciate you being here. Congratulations on what you've done already and hope that this is a, a nice step in, in an Al Michaels-type career for you. Yeah, I hope so, too. It's uh, it's great being on. And one last thing, yeah. I mean, when you guys say you guys have been on this show for 19 years, I mean, there's been a lot of things since I've moved here that have made me feel young. That made me feel young. <laughs> it <laughs> makes us feel just the opposite. Yeah. Hey, thanks exactly. a lot, T.J. Yeah, great thanks, to have guys. you with us. Welcome to the team, and we look forward to hearing no, more. No, no. Oh, we're gonna keep going, and just we got a minute left. So. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think we. I mean, we, yeah, we I carried over. Yeah, I thought you might have to karaoke. Uh, we will uh, wrap up the first hour, and next hour we'll open with Brooke Knight to talk about the fifth straight West Coast League championship and future Beavers on that roster. Michael Chaplin, speaking of the summer of 2021. One of the true highlights for all of us who care about Oregon State Athletics, Jade Carey. And a little bit of uh, Dave Frischberg. Did you find you were great, were Maddie? great, Maddie. Yeah. There's not a soul who would deny that you were great. Yeah, he was. Thank you. When our Gosh. lunch was down to nothing and our backs were to the wall. Where did you hear that Good song? work. I know Dave. And other people out there, I hope, have heard of Dave Frischberg. Where are we on the timeline? Eight seconds. Okay. Has anyone out there ever heard Mr. Frischberg? His famous song, Van Lingle Mungo, amongst others. But he's a great jazz pianist. Yeah, a little a slight wrinkle, slight derivation on the theme as we welcome you into the second hour. We're going to try again with Brooke. I confirmed this yesterday, and I thought, you know, just again coming out of the shoot for our 19th year of the Joe Beaver Show, kind of dealing with recency, primacy, the sure. the phenomenon of it's recency. This was the nights. Let's try again, Doc. I just said we're going to try again. He confirmed enthusiastically yesterday. And in fact, that's probably him calling us back right now. He might have been on another call, and now I think we can welcome the skipper back. Of the, how do you, I, I'm not even sure I have this in me, 
the back to back to back to back to back West Coast. Did I get five in there? Yeah, it's hard to do. Five time. What five time? Or uh, no, no. Um, the five Pete. The the Knights have won the last five. <laughs> Knights have won the last five. I don't five know consecutive a, West Coast League say. championship. The drive for five. The drive is for five. Complete. It's complete, and it was still alive after the two to one win that they had to have on Thursday night. After not that pitchers duel. No, a couple of well pitched games, games. First two games, and then the Knights in that almost that, and it was okay with me. And I'm probably okay with Brooke, too. Almost anticlimactic in the yeah. sense I thought in hanging on and winning 2-1 to one the night before, the Knights were in good position for the next day. It reminded me of the Beavers in the Super Regional against Stanford to go to Omaha in 2006. Squeaking out the mm-hmm. first game 4-3. to three. It took an error by a third baseman. Stanford faltered a little bit. They had a great club. Game one, the Knights, uh, the the Beavers prevailed four to three and had to really work to dig it out. Then the next day, Beavers fifteen, Stanford nothing to go to Omaha. A little bit uh, easier to take. Thirteen to two in the title game, and the Knights have won five in a row. And it's an honor to welcome the skipper who has been at the helm of all five and eight West Coast League champions. Uh, championship clubs. Brooke Knight joins us. Brooke, congratulations to you. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, and I, I'm sure it doesn't get old. Five straight. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you guys having me today. Thank you. Yeah, and every team, whether you win a championship or not, and you've been at this now for 14 years, and you've won eight, including the last five, but I can tell every team kind of takes on its own kind of personality and rhythm, and you get into kind of getting to know each club each summer. What were some of the things about this one this year, Brooke, that you like sort of from start to finish in winning a fifth-straight title? Yeah, I mean, we were relatively young this summer, uh, but we were athletic. So we had some versatility with our guys. Um, I think we probably had more, you know, attrition than we've had due to some injuries and, and some shutdowns. But overall, um, we had some, some younger guys that were hungry to play and um, some really good teammates. Uh, and, you know, we we could make things happen. We weren't going to run the ball out of the park as often as we have in the past. Um, but we were pretty deep on the mound as well and had enough guys throwing strikes. We went through our woes without question. And a few, few games there, we had a complete inability to, throw the ball over the plate, but but we worked through it, and and, um, and just kind of that athleticism, and the, a lot of unselfish players, you know, a lot of guys were just doing things on their own a little bit, whether it's green light run or, um, the, you know, bunt, move the guy over, bunt for a base hit. We had a lot of those moments where, you know, that didn't come from me and, and give these guys the freedom to, to go make things happen rather than micromanage every, every step of the way, so, uh, yeah. It was it was a ton of fun watching them come together. And you're right, every every group's different, and um, you know we kind of hit our stride there about halfway through and kept it going. Brooke, there was one play among many in the 42 games I was able to see and call, but there was one game in a moment that I thought captured the spirit of the club, and that was Nick Vote against Ridgefield in the playoffs, laying down a perfect bunt when Travis Pizano was at second with nobody out. 
Nick ends up beating out the bunt for a base hit. But as I look up, I'm seeing Bazana just <laughs> just whirling around third, ready to come home when the catcher had gone up the line to try to make a play on the ball, leaving home plate uncovered. Did you send him? Was that all Bazana? When you talk about giving guys some freedom and a green light, tell me about that play from your perspective. Yeah, well, there was a red light coming on that play for me. <laughs> I was holding, I was holding Bazana up because there were no outs and it was a really tight game and it was a game we were trying to win. It was either a first half deal or something like that. But um, yeah, he blew right past me. I'm just glad I got out of the way. Um, but uh, no, you know, with no outs, I, I was playing a more conservative mm-hmm. day and just just sit tight and he he recognize that uh, there was an opening and you know he's he's when he plays with his instincts like that he can be really dangerous in a good way and um yeah he, before i knew it he was uh he was crossing the plate yeah that was exciting he was an exciting player to watch this being the joe beaver show brooke and i know you're a former beaver and played for the great jack riley here and played football too so i don't think you'll have any problem and kind of keeping this conversation somewhat Beaver-centric, although the thing I enjoy about all of these summers is getting a chance to see players from other outstanding programs in the West, including Pac-12 programs. So we'll touch on some of those guys, perhaps. But let's just start with Travis himself, a guy who sets a West Coast League record hitting 429 and Got off to a hot start in Yakima and really never slumped, did he? I mean, I tell me what you saw in Travis in hitting 429 and what you think that Mitch and the Beavers are getting in Travis Pizana. Well, there's certain guys that they come around that just really have an ability to, to barrel the ball, and, and that's Travis. I mean, he for a relatively compact swing, he, his play coverage is exceptional. You know, he can take balls up and out of the zone to left field. He can take balls down and end to right field. and uh, He just has a real knack for being on time and, uh, and competing. And if you know, he gets fooled maybe on an off-speed pitch to keep his hands back and, and still find a way to put it in play hard. And he just hit a lot of balls hard all summer. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a talented young player. He can really, really run. He's, he did a, a good job at second and made some strides and improvements. He's still got, you know, more work to do in the infield. He could, you know, he really wants to play short, so he's gonna he's gonna make a case for that as well. And he could he should walk right in and, and be in the top of the lineup for Oregon State. I know they've got some great players right now, but I would be surprised if he doesn't press it pretty hard in the fall to be on the field. Brooke Knight joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. I was kind of keeping an eye and 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 covering the team, Brooke, and I thought, and, and I, I got to thinking about this, that you have to deal with attrition beginning of the year and at the end if you get deep in the playoffs. Is it fairly consistent in between? Because my interest was piqued when I read that Vargas and Nankill would have to go back right before the playoffs started. <laughs> That's a huge loss. Yeah, I mean, in, in a year interested peak, you know, I, I know that there, there's a day of, uh, you know, coach, new skipper down at Fullerton. Um, I, for me, I, that one was hard. That one was really challenging. You know, these guys put in, again, 11 weeks of work. They're both great kids. They 
was very much a part of our success. They're getting better. Um, and I know, I know, you know, when you when you're taking on that new endeavor as a coach, you want to get get off on the right foot and get things going. I totally respect that, but I just can't imagine, you know, that last six or seven days, those guys um, <clears throat> could have been a part of this and and earned the right to be. And but hey, that's the way it goes. And and we just keep moving, right? We got to we got to forge ahead. So I was disappointed for them, um, but some of that's out of our control, and and we just keep. Keep going. Brooke Knight, our guest, celebrating uh, the Knights still uh, in the afterglow the last few days of a fifth consecutive West Coast League championship, winning it on Friday night over Yakima Valley in a rousing way, 13-2. to Since there are quite a few guys in the Oregon State category, there are some other players, Brooke, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about. A guy who got off to a hot start for you as a two-way guy, Braden Boisvert, kind of shut down later. But tell me a little bit about Braden and and just, you know, what you and Coach Dorman and Mitch have talked about with respect to Braden and a potential role at Oregon State. Yeah, well, really, really neat kid, independent thinker, uh, really smart guy, team guy. I mean, he's, he's going to, uh, you know, he was blowing early in the, summer i mean it was firm and exciting um and we utilized him obviously in that capacity he hit a few balls out of the park playing first base um there's some thunder in the barrel so i'm not quite sure where he's going to end up i know i'd imagine you know he'd like to do both and give them both kind of a whirl and and see where the cards fall but if he's throwing as well as he was in early june for us i'd imagine they're they're going to want to use him out of the bullpen um so yeah I'm excited for him, and hopefully that, that arm's healthy. He's been resting it, and, and he just got cleared. So hopefully he has a great fall and, and, and finds a way to be on the field and get some innings. Another guy that uh, that made contributions later in the year, Sam Sturr out of Madison coming into Oregon State. Tell me a little bit about Sam and, and what he did for the Knights and just, again, sort of you know how he projects in your view for a possible role with the Beavs. Well, that was a really nice surprise, to be honest. I, I, I saw, I, I knew what we had coming in, but I, I didn't. I mean, he really, really was good on the mound for us. Um, a couple of really impressive starts. Obviously, we gave him the ball in the playoffs because we trusted him to throw strikes. He's got a feel for the slider and um, kind of a show-me change right now that he'll continue to develop. But the velocity was was firm and. Next thing you know, you've got a legitimate starting arm. I mean, he's he was a, he kind of exceeded expectations, and shoot, I mean, he's going to threaten for a starting role with Oregon State. I don't, I don't know, you know, why he wouldn't be in the in the discussion. So it's going to be fun to watch him go. And you had Brock Townsend for for much of the summer, not the whole thing. But what about Brock and what he showed you in building off what I thought was a very good first year with the program? Yeah, well, another strike thrower. I mean, just really competitive guy. I mean, he's he's pretty and tough, and he keeps his emotions in check. And but he, you know, there's a quiet <clears throat> fire that burns within that guy. And you know, if he can sink the ball, um, you know, and 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 mix in that changeup, kind of like he did the U of T last spring and a few times for us. Um, and, and land is breaking stuff, which he does, um, he's right there. I mean, he's going to give you every chance to win the game, and, and you really trust 
Brock when you give him the ball because you know you're going to get a ton of strikes. And and he does a great job with the running game. So, yeah, I mean, another really reliable arm for Oregon State. Last uh, couple of things on the roster with respect to Oregon State as we visit with Brooke Knight on the Joe Beaver Show following all of these guys and so many others making huge contributions to the Knights' fifth consecutive West Coast League championship. A catcher in Tanner Smith. Tell me a little bit about Tanner. A pretty heavy workload at the end with some attrition at the catching position for injury and, and, and other reasons. You asked a lot of Tanner. What did you make of his summer for you? Well, just, I mean, you've got a quarterback back there already. <laughs> He's a young guy. We've obviously had some of those guys with Jake Rodriguez and Susak. And Tanner is no different. I mean, he's he's really mature. He, he catches the heck out of a low pitch, and it does make, it does tend to change the game a little bit to get a few of those uh, marginal pitches uh, mm-hmm. for strikes. And, and he he can cover the plate. You know, I know uh, he started off pretty strong for us, and I kind of left him in the middle of the order, even when he was struggling. And um, he found his swing again more at the end. And and overall, I mean, he can run the ball in the gap and out of the park too. So he's just kind of your your prototypical um, catcher that's going to win you games because of the you know he he eliminates runs, right? I mean he's. He's going to get those marginal pitches. His throw is accurate. The arm actually got stronger right at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that'll continue to develop. So he, he just got a, he's a, he's a really an ideal incoming catcher, especially with a, a little bit of the interest in Oregon State's had in, you know, after, after last season. So they're going to need him to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that evaluation. One last guy who didn't play. Not exactly sure what all of his issues were, but an outfielder that I hear great things about, a young man who we know well, the name with his brother in the program, but Thomas Ducart, Jake's brother. I know you were looking forward, he was too, to a summer with you. That didn't unfold the way he had hoped, but when he's healthy, when he gets healthy, Brooke, what kind of ball player can Thomas be? Well, yeah, you know, I had a brief last summer as well, and just the development from then until when he showed up for for this season, you know, the strength gains. and I mean, he's really, really athletic. He can run. Uh, ball comes out well out of his hand in the outfield. He's got some some tremendous bats, actually. I mean, kind of reminds me of that Jeff Hendricks-type mm-hmm. athleticism. And, you know, he's just had some injury bugs. But I was looking forward to, you know, him being a key guy for us. And I think if he's healthy, he is going to uh, really make a run at a, an outfield spot for the Beavs because he does hit the ball to all fields. And, you know, if he's on base or putting the ball in play, he's going to put some pressure on the defense. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's all about staying healthy for him. And if he's healthy, watch out. He could be pretty darn good. Brooke Knight, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show. Brooke? Tell me about the balance of creating a team. You guys are in it 12 out of 16 years in the championship game uh, in Corvallis. One, what is it, five straight. And eight. Eight total. (laughs) And you've been the skipper for most of those. But tell, tell us about the balance between... Bree Miller and the job that she has done in, in building the team and Dan Siegel, and then your job 
coaching these guys, is it just a, a mix of all of that that creates your success? It, it really is. I mean, it does take many hands, right? There's no way you can try to pull this thing off effectively and um, get the results you want with, with either the wrong personnel or, or just not enough. And so it does start at the top. I mean, Dan is truly amazing, and you, you can't say enough about him. Again, I... And we're lucky to have a guy like that. He could easily be running the, you know, the new franchise to be in Portland or the Mariners and be just fine. They would, they would do exceptional things with, with a guy like Dan at the helm. And then he has mentored Bree, you know, over the years. And, and she, with her great energy and great spirit and her ability to relate to everybody in the community. And, you know, it's just, she's just a fun person to be around. And she brings that to, to her her position and so yeah we we're lucky dan and i put the team together and and you know assemble the personnel but uh brie has a lot to handle and she's come a long way and she's the best you know president gm in the, in the west coast league and um we're lucky to have her so it does you know it take and our coaching staff too you know getting obviously a huge part of what we do and you know, that 10 or 15 minutes a day with our guys, which is a lot to ask of, of young guys that sit and listen. But but what he has to say is so consistent, and he keeps them engaged, and it's meaningful, and they know there's no BS behind it that, you know, he, he create, helps create the buy-in for, hey, what are, we, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And what are we hoping, where are we hoping to go? So um, we're lucky we've had some great coaches over the years. Bo Kern and David Tillotson did a great job mm-hmm. for us this summer as well. So yeah. it, it takes, takes, takes the village. Brooke, last thing for you. Uh, and, and John touches on a little bit the entire organization. I'm glad you've talked about your coaches and Coach you and every ball player on your club that I had the pleasure of interviewing before games. And I think I talked to almost everyone on the roster. They all talk about Coach Yoon. They talk about you and the culture here and how they're so proud and excited to be part of it so thank you for touching on coach Yoon and it's amazing to me the impact he has on players and we we could spend more time on it we're short of time now so the final thing is looking up into the stands after the game Friday night Brooke as you did in my view from where I was that the bait, the crowds that to have that many people in postseason when it's not on the schedule and it's not part of, you know, what people can look at on their magnet schedule on their refrigerator all summer and plan to go to, those crowds for the playoff games, Brooks, struck me as indicative of how deeply entrenched in the community you are. Did you kind of sense that too and that that appreciation the fans had for you and the guys and that the guys had for the community? I did this year. Yeah, I really did. I, it was special to look up there and see many of those people uh, who had been coming, you know, show up again and then lots of new faces. And, um, you know, I, I think we probably were fortunate that we had a Thursday and a Friday night. And it wasn't so stinking hot mm-hmm. like it had been all summer long. Um, you know, and, and then people are probably just thinking, hey, we we got to get outside and go do something before, you know, they put the, the handcuffs on us again. So, um, you know, there might have been a, a, some collective factors there, but it was great. And, uh, and it, yes, we feel like, you know, we have grown with the community, and um, it's, a, it's kind of a staple now uh, during the summer. And, you know, in, in our community, there's probably 
if you're if you're sticking around Corvallis, there's probably not not, not a whole lot of uh, more exciting things to do on a on a Thursday or Friday night anyway. <laughs> well, Brooke, you it was a fun team to be around again. I'm just amazed year in and year out. And the thing I like too, not only the Oregon State guys, but to get to meet some of the other players and their families. It, it creates a bond of sorts when they come to Goss in the spring in the Pac-12, Ty Uber, for example, or others. It, it's a, it's really been a fun venture these last uh, 14 years, and I'm, I'm hoping there's a lot more to come and hope that you're planning on being back again next year and and uh, go win a sixth straight. No pressure, but sixth straight <laughs> has to be the deal now. <laughs> Brooke, thank, thank you so much, and congratulations to you and the staff and the players and the front office for another great summer. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate all the support. Thanks, Thanks Brooke. Yeah, Brooke absolutely. Knight, our guest, the skipper. When we come back, speaking of uh, part of the, the summer, and we're back today for the first time after a bit of a summer hiatus. We're going to visit with Michael Chaplin. And I'm curious to sort of go back to the beginnings of mm. the recruitment of a, of yeah. a young student-athlete by the name of Jade Carey and how she signed her original letter of intent four years ago yeah. in 2017. But there was an understanding with the LOI that – but. We're going to give you the freedom to go travel the globe and build up points. And it culminated in a gold medal in Tokyo. Those are four years you're willing to wait if you know you, you may be getting an Olympian on your roster. And it was only, in theory, supposed to be three with the 2020 Tokyo Olympics oh, postponed. Yes. They still called them Tokyo 2020 right. as it was emblazoned. I forgot about but that. But up on the... On our TV screens, Tokyo 2020, but it was, of course, in the year of our Lord 2021. And Jade Carey threw an opportunity that came about almost inadvertently, but in a very serious matter with Simone Biles stepping away. That opened a door. Well, she made the most of it. Yeah, and she did, and she's a gold medal winner. We're going to hear her story from Michael Chaplin's perspective, the associate head coach for Oregon State Gymnastics, next on 1240 Joe Radio. Well, we're going to need to try again, uh, as we did with Brooke, and Brooke was quick to respond after the initial failure to communicate. Oh, th the this is going to be an issue going forward every all the time because people have busy schedules. Oh, yeah. And we get them for the Joe Beaver, Beaver Show. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they aren't available, forget, don't know it's our number. We're going to try again, though. I, I'm going to I'm going to send another text saying, "Calling again now." Okay, you tell me when you've done that, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll hit redial. Okay. I want to play this uh, Kevin Hart piece while Michael's oh, on Oh yeah, hold. yeah, yeah. So we got to get that loaded up. That was it's one there. of my favorite moments yeah. of the summer of 2021. That was pretty. It cool. really was fun. Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart talking about Oregon State. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the chances of that whole of that combination coming together, Kevin and Snoop to talk, and they're was both. Was that just a wrap up show every day? It night? was an entertaining show. I'm not I exactly. Never watched it. I found that on Twitter. I watched it. Uh, I've seen several of their episodes, and they were flat out funny. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't know how many of uh, how many of you, and I'm also curious to know if any of you, and if you text us now. 
while we wait to try to make contact with Michael Chaplin again, the associate head coach for Oregon State Gymnastics, on the amazing story of Jade Carey and her journey to Oregon State, coming from Tokyo with a gold medal, and uh, just indeed one of the highlights uh, of the modern era for Oregon State athletics. And again, Michael must have just, it must have slipped his mind because he. I'm looking at my our text exchange the last couple of days. Okay, yes, yes, I said. Yeah, he. So we should be connecting with him. We'll look for his number. He may be on an important call right now, and he should call us back when he's free. So in the meantime, we w- let's talk a little bit about... Uh, I'm curious to know if any of you watched it live at 3.50 in the morning. Yes? No? I believe her competition live was at 3.50 in the morning, like on yeah. July 29th. Yeah. Did anybody listening to us now see it live? That's a good That's question. a commitment. That's a true commitment. I'm sure Michael and Tanya and, and and perhaps future teammates of Jade's and so on, I'm sure they, at least I'm pretty sure they would have. But I'm just wondering if anybody in our midst did. I heard about it when coming into work at 4, 4.30 is when I first heard about it. Because the, ja- the uh, Olympics were happening, the live stuff was happening when I was getting ready to go on the air at 4. 4.30 in the morning. So Carolyn Philomath writes, and, and by the way, we don't have Michael. We may not get him today. Yeah. He may, may have slipped his mind. And, and Should you know, we, we play I, it anyway? Yeah, I'd like to hear it anyway just for the fun of it and wonder if any of you saw what you thought of the coverage this summer. How much of the Olympics did you watch? More than ever, less than ever, didn't feel real. You know, where were you with respect to the Olympics and your experience of it as a fan and a viewer this summer? Before we do, though, Carolyn Philomath, I mentioned, Carol, it was great to see you by the elevator the other day. Carol writes in on the University Honda text line, tickets are going to be electronic as well in a no-contact system of scanning from tickets on your phone. That's one of the the new policies in place, right, yes, Carol, yes. who will be one of the takers of of these things of the, through the method she's talking about. ID will also be required to verify the vaccination certificate is held by the rightful owner, and I get that too. So there are some steps to be taken to so get into games. You would need your ticket on your phone, your ID. And proof of vaccination, proof of vaccination or negative test. Right. That could hold up line. It could. It could. I, I don't. One thing I do know, I found out because Doug called to find this out. If you pay an extra $20, I believe you can get tickets sent to you. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's in the form of like when you get an airline ticket and you print it out mm-hmm. or if it's an actual fancy looking ticket. I don't know. I don't know that. But if I were a non-working press, I would want tickets for the nostalgic purposes sure. of saving them. We'll, um, we'll get somebody on. 
from OSU yeah. to explain all of these things, yeah. maybe toward the end of this week or early next week. Speaking of this week as we go, tomorrow, a very good writer, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Not a familiar name necessarily out here, but The Athletic, as you and I both agree, John, is one of the best sources mm -hmm. of information available for subscriber services online. I like The Athletic a lot. Jason Quick, who is a frequent contributor mm -hmm. to the show, writes for The Athletic now. But Mitch Sherman does as well and covers Big Ten football, Nebraska more closely than Purdue, but has written a full preview. Position Break breakdown. Every position, the depth at each position. So I'm working that for all it's worth and getting ready for the broadcast on September 4th in West Lafayette. And Mitch will join us tomorrow. We'll get sort of our first look at the opponent that the Beavers are dealing with at ross Aid Stadium, 7 p.m. there, 4 o'clock here on September 4th. I'll be ready for that conversation tomorrow, but i got to admit, I've just been doing a deep dive on Oregon State football, going to practices, watching depth charts, if they, you know, waiting for that to come mm -hmm. out. And What do you think? Don't know much. All I know is this. Dougie and I did a check on how well attended they are. No matter whether they're good or bad, they're, it's a 60,000-seat stadium, and they're in right around 50,000, even if they're not good, like mm -hmm. under 500. Real good following. So a really good following. You don't think of that. You think right. Big Ten football. You think the others. Purdue is not something that Oregon State has dealt with in decades. Mm -hmm. So it's a brand new thing. And it's like, wow, we need to think about all the different things about Purdue. Sure. Because it's not a regular deal. We don't see them on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't hear about Camp Randall being sold out all the time. Well, what about Purdue Stadium? Mm -hmm. It's 60000 and uh, the last couple of years, they've averaged right around forty-nine to fifty thousand. That's a good number. That's a very good number. Yeah. And so I'm. Yeah, we'll look forward. We'll learn a lot more about Purdue football tomorrow. In the meantime, just for the fun of it, I don't know how many of you watched. Uh, again, we're asking you know your Olympic experience if you care to share anything about how much you watched, how much you enjoyed the events. Did any I loved of, it. Did any of you watch Kevin Hart and uh, Snoop Dogg? And, uh, they were. I thought they were good. I thought yeah. they were funny. They added an element, yeah. a different kind of a quirky, funny kind of element to breaking down events after the fact. In fact, and, right before this one, I don't have it because mm -hmm. we cut it off to shorten it. But right before the Beaver one with Jade Carey, they were showing the javelin. Yes. And they were making fun of... No, it was the, the hammer throw. Oh, yes, yes. And they were making fun of how you get the hammer back to the pit. <laughs> and and Snoop says, well, you have a guy run out there and go get it. Mm -hmm. And then they show film, you know, footage of these RC Tonka trucks being, being driven out there. And right. then someone loads it in the truck and someone back. RCs them back. These little mm -hmm. little trucks moving yes, around, looking like a lot like our campus. And there, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I thought about that. Right. And their little bit on that was hilarious. It was funny, and they also talked about we demand that the horse get get the gold medal in the <laughs> equestrian events. They're doing all the work. Yes, I mean it was. They were funny. They brought a, I thought, a light, uh, quirky, funny, unique touch to yeah. it. And when Jade Carey won her gold. 
This was the exchange that took place in their conversation, Kevin and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and now we turn to gymnastics. American Jade Carey tumbled her way to gold in the woman's floor exercise with this incredible performance. Let's take a look. Let's see, let's see. Actually, she didn't do good in the event before this, so she had to come back and show out. She Ooh. got down, cuz. She got down. I watched her. She was about to cry in the event before this because she didn't Ooh. do so well. Ooh. And then she pulled, she kept herself composed, came back, and put on what up? What would be considered as one of the greatest floor performances of all time. She did that. Woo! I love that you're seeing people step up and shine in their moment. That was inspirational. Great job, Jay. You know what? You know who's going to be lucky? Oregon State University, because that's where she's going. What? She's, she's a beaver? She's committed to going to Oregon State Leave it University. to beaver? Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's cool. I don't know how you measure the value well, of having he, those two iconic entertaining entertainment figures riff you know ripping you, on oregon state yeah that's and you cool. think about how or you and i always think of origins now who what where hart may have had that as part of his script mm -hmm. i think snoop dogg's reaction was pure because he had a son play somewhere was at ucla USC? ucla I think at ucla yeah, yeah. So, so he knows when he says oh she's gonna be a beaver yeah. i mean that's yeah i think a spontaneous reaction but he knows oregon state's connected with the beavers exactly and that was a nice exchange. It was entertaining. It was also pretty well researched on the part of both of those guys in that it, he is right. Snoop is right in that Jade had had an unfortunate experience in the vault where she nearly got hurt coming down the runway. I never saw the video of it. I've read about it. have the as does paul so just i just wanted to check in on a few quick items my kind of old business just to catch up of course it's a brutal it's been a brutal season for the orioles mm. but i still check in regularly i listen to the pre-game and post-game shows uh especially home and away the and, of course, Rutschman Adley comes up often. Uh, Elias, who was the GM, uh, 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 had a big debrief last Friday. Um, Adley came up in that conversation. The, the club is thrilled with his progress. Of course, he didn't really have a season last year. So, in a sense, this is his first minor league season. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, it's extremely unlikely he's going to make it to the club. They don't want to use any of his clock time. Uh, the Orioles, they're, going, they're, on the, they're facing two 20-game losing streaks in hmm. one season, yeah. which will be uh, ethical in its own way. So I don't think we're going to see him. But uh, the, the Calvary, uh, is, and with some more draft picks, I think the Orioles uh, can make a comeback. I had to comment quickly, Mike, on the uh, Texas and Oklahoma and how they stabbed the Big 12 in the back, especially after the Big 12 had led the charge for an expansion of the college football right. playoff that would have inevitably have benefited the SEC more than any other conference. To have those two schools stab the Big 12 in the back was shameful. Of course, we know that the Death Star, ESPN, their hands, their, hands, their bloody yep. half fingerprints are all over this mess. True. And I hope, Mike, I hope and pray 
that the Big 12 and the, uh, I'm sorry, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 hold out and keep their exclusive property of the Rose Bowl, use that as leverage, and somehow stick it to the SEC for, and ESPN for the shameful conduct that they've uh, uh, the, the, uh, their compartment with this whole thing. Lastly, and on a positive note, Mike, I don't know how my wife came into this cognizance, but apparently Bill Russell just sold his house up on Mercer Island. But the good news was, as the story reported, this will allow him and his wife more time for travel. So I'm still holding out <laughs> that I'll be able to see Bill at the Tumwater Starbucks and ask him about that game in Corvallis back in 1956. I hope you do. Uh, I think it might have been the 54-55 season. But but you can do a little research before you go in again to the Tumwater Starbucks. (laughs) Make sure you have it right. But I hope Bill will have some reflections on that. I bet he hasn't forgotten it because those college days are special and he goes back-to-back with USF and he survived uh, narrowly uh, in Corvallis back at, at Gill in 55. Okay, guys, well, it's good to have you back. I'll be checking in as often as uh, you'll have me. Dave, great to hear from you. Thank Thanks, you. Dave. It feels like uh, with that call that we're officially back. Great to hear from Dave. Let's take a, uh, a final break. Michael Chaplin just texted, sorry, practice went long. In the, That's not a good enough excuse, In Coach. August? Yeah, well. I didn't think yeah, we they would get, have those issues. They get to, no, they, they, they get certain amounts of time. I mean, I don't know how it all works in each sport. Yeah, but I don't either. Practice rules and, and amounts of time that, that you're able to spend, they've been modified through the years, so it's difficult to fully account for, you know, like basketball. I've seen several basketball yeah, practices yeah. this summer, full basketball workouts for the men's basketball team. I'm hoping we can get Wayne Tinkle on this week, maybe Thursday. After, After his, he's going to throw out the ceremonial first pitch Wednesday at eleven twenty. I saw him last week at a football practice. I wasn't part of the conversation, but I could hear him. Uh, I was on the bleachers. He was standing next to Nick Daschle and uh, Sean Scheffler, uh, sports information director for basketball, and I could hear him talking and going through the motions of. Oh, he was showing how he's going to throw. How he was going to throw, and then Sean asked him if he was off the rubber. He said he thought they don't let you on the mound. Probably not. Yeah. No. They don't want it to be in any way. Uh, they they have it yeah, prepared exactly. in a pristine manner. So he'll be in front of the mound. That's helpful, actually, to the effort. But Wayne's a good athlete. I hope we get to see it somehow. I'm sure there'll be video of it and tweeted out and about all over the various platforms. Does anybody ever, like, throw just a dime? Or yeah, are I'm they sure. all horrible? You know, I... Nolan Ryan threw out a ceremonial first pitch at the age of 65 somewhere, and it was 85 miles an hour <laughs> now from had, 60 feet, 6 they inches. They had to put one of their, their better catchers, or any catcher, but just say, be prepared. This Can you be imagine a, that? I mean, ceremonial 63 thing. years old, and he stands out there and throws an 85-mile-an-hour strike. No, I, I loved him because he just kept getting better as he got older. We will uh, take our final break, but Wayne Tinkle will throw out the ceremonial first pitch at Wrigley on Wednesday. We'll be back to wrap things up for our first show, which has had its share of adventures already, a power pole or something getting in. We go off the air, but we came back on. Thanks for hanging in with us uh, today and for uh, the rest of the year. This is day one of the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio.
sea-ice scientist, not just the tropical navigator. You'll also read about Cook's sail along the Oregon coast in 1778, searching for the Northwest Passage. Order Captain Cook Rediscovered from ubcpress.ca or amazon.com. Go Beavs! This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's Plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albin's can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun, good exercise, inexpensive, and perfect for beginners. And with 14 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to highlandbowl.com. We set them up, you knock them down. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already, darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill. Be sure to try Angry Beaver's 8-ounce or jumbo-sized 12-ounce chicken fried steak dinner served with country gravy and mashed potatoes. And don't miss the popular Friday prime rib dinner special. Reserve Angry Beaver's upstairs party and arcade room for birthdays or events. Great for families. Also check out Angry Beaver's remodeled lottery game room. Both dine-in and outdoor seating available. Open Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 10 and weekends beginning at noon on Saturday and 9.30 on Sundays for breakfast. Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. It's a good way to look at it. Very good point, yeah. Um, About two minutes here left in show number one. Things have gone well except for uh, a complete and total... I mean, that you can't get mad. You never know no, you why don't. A building, the entire building went down. We had a Knights game this summer, correct? Remember when the Knights yeah. were yeah, ready to go right. on the air? That's right. And we that was literally, now I joke about it yeah. today, but that one was literally a car hit a power pole. And, and power it, was out for a for long hours, time. For hours. In fact, the repercussions of that lasted for weeks because I had to, you know, figure out how certain things yes. rebooted and all Essentially of that. restarting everything. Restarting yeah. it from scratch when I didn't know anything about that equipment. And so that one had rever- reverberations. This one, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think we're good. Mitch Sherman tomorrow, and we'll reschedule Michael Chaplin tomorrow. Try to find a, a more convenient window for the coach with respect to practice. With Adley, you know, hearing Dave talk about Adley, it's funny to me how Dave listens to pre- and post-game shows more than the games themselves because the games themselves are sound like exercises in misery <laughs> right. for the Orioles heading to two 20-game losing streaks within the same season. All I can hope and think of is with respect to the Orioles and where they are as an organization. In 88, they were dreadful. In 89, they contended. The Philadelphia Phillies in 1961 had a 23-game losing streak, Doc. A 23-game losing streak. Mm -hmm. 
By 1964, three years later, they had a six-and-a-half game lead in the National League with 12 to play and won the pennant? No. Lost 10 straight (laughs) to close the 64 season in one of the great finishing debacles in sports history. Six-and-a-half up with 12 to play, printing World Series tickets, and lost 10 in a row. You can't do that. But the point is, Gene Mock, who presided over the 23-game losing streak, was the little general of that club that nearly won the pennant in 64 three years later. So you can get things turned around, and Adley will be a big part of what we hope will be an Orioles turnaround. Thanks to all of you for tuning our way, for listening, calling, texting. Hope you'll do it all again tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow, 11 to 1, right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.